some form of religious or spiritual practice, whatever it may be, going to church, temple, mosque, praying, fasting, mara, yogas. What are all these practices for? All this practice, we all do it. Why do we do it? Focus, time. It's the focus, time. Time. Allocated. I mean, if you're practicing, you're, you're using that to focus on one thing, i.e., your belief or your faith or to research. Okay. And I was thinking more in the sense we do it for a reason. What's, the, what's that reason? To steady your mind. Steady your mind. Salvation. Salvation. Salvation from what? There's no right answer. We all do it for whatever reasons. We're just exploring those ideas. <laughs> just because told our parents. Because your parents told you to do it. To do it. Okay. So that's this is a routine. Like. We go to church, temple. We pray. We do maras, fast. Just to think of something beyond yourself, isn't it? To think that there is something higher that you don't know and understand. And you're bowing down to that for that period of time okay. that you're there for. So I think we do for gratitude, isn't it? To be grateful for what we have. Okay. So you see, it seems that everyone does it for different reasons. Mm. <coughs> isn't it? We're all doing the same thing, but for different reasons. So that asks and breaks the question then. How do we know these practices are working? What is the marker that this is working for me? Faith. Faith? Okay. Quietens your mind. Does it? For some it might. Quietens the mind. For that time when you're doing it, you are at peace. So we're doing it for peace then? Okay. Any other? I think it comes down to happiness at the end. Makes you happy by doing that. So you fast for a day, it makes you happy? Yeah, I feel satisfied that I've done something. Is there also a form of discipline as well? I think maybe it's praying for something, so for inner strength, if you're striving towards something, courage if you're going through difficulties, building up, having more faith. Giving you the ability to, I don't know, get through life and its challenges. Okay, so to give you strength. Yeah. Okay. So, 
for example, if we say today I fasted, I did 100 maras, I prayed for two hours, how do you know that that's going to convert to these things that we all want? Peace, happiness, strength of mind, quietens the mind. How do we know all that this has worked? Because you feel it. You, you feel, feel it. it. Okay. But there's no, there's no way of actually knowing, is there? No, no actual way, but then if you, you, your mind or yourself told you that you're like, peace, do whatever you're doing, and hence you carry on doing it. If it's obviously not doing what you want it to do, you wouldn't be doing it. Well, some people do it healthy, because that's what they've been told mm-hmm. to do. We're just exploring these ideas, because we all do it, yeah? So we're just questioning what we're doing and why are we doing it, to get some clarity. Yeah, I'm not saying that you're wrong or right or anything, we all do these things, so we just explore it. So mostly when we pray, we ask for strength to do the right thing and the right guidance. And you feel that doing these things work? For, does it work for all of us? Well, to some extent, because when you're doing something wrong, the conscious will tell you that this isn't what you were supposed to be doing. And if you follow that, you've got more chances of staying on the straight and narrow. So, you see the, the begs the question here, how much of it is mechanical? You know, okay, my mind's agitated today, so I must do 100 miles to calm it down. We don't do it that way. Or, I must pray because I had a horrible day yesterday, really agitated, I must pray and calm. We don't actually do it that way, do we? How much of it we do is mechanical? So, this is the question what we're trying to explore. You see what I'm, where I'm coming from? So, because we put a lot of effort in. Let's at least understand where this effort is going. Is there, uh, you know, what comes out of this? You know, for example, you go to work, you get paid, you know you must have achieved something to be paid for, otherwise they're not going to pay you. You go to a gym, you run on the treadmill for half an hour, you lost 200 calories. That is a marker. I rang for 30 minutes and I lost 200 calories. So in, but in spirituality and religious, we don't seem to have any markers. So, unless these religious spiritual practice helps you in the direction of becoming a better human being, more unselfish, reducing your desires, takes you in a path of self-realization, lecture takes you towards these. How do you know what practices you're doing is correct? I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. I'm just saying, are we questioning what we're doing? Whatever that may be. So we all believe that spirituality is the unknown. Hence we just do whatever, as Bella said, we are told. This is not true not the unknown. It's actually scientific. Practice this, this and this and the result will be that. If you can't get a result, then we don't know if we're doing it right or not. But we seem to be, we get lost when it comes to religion or spirituality because we don't have that understanding, we don't have that knowledge. This is why. So you need to understand this. Take care of your own spiritual path. 
No one can take you to the goal except for yourself. You have to put the effort in. You put in the effort, you benefit from the results. Example, in our spiritual uh, Bhagavad Gita, it says, do the three yogas. The three yogas will help you, bhakti, karma, jnani, service, knowledge and devotion. You do these, you reduce your desires. That's the purpose of it. When you reduce your desires, you become withdrawn, contemplative. And then your mind is free for you to meditate. And then it leads to you to the ultimate experience. So it's prescribed there. This is the point I'm trying to make. It is prescribed there and it is scientific. But we don't question our own beliefs. Yeah, good. Um, I think fear is also a driver because you've been led to believe certain things all your life what your parents did, what your grandparents did. You don't know any better because you have no self-analysis that where it's actually taking you. And you believe that if I don't do this, something bad will happen to me. So mechanically, as you said, people just do it. Yeah, without any rhyme or reason. There's no self-analysis that what will it do for me? You know, what is right for me as an individual in my personality? This is exactly what we're trying to achieve here. <clears throat> See, we put so much effort into our religious practices and spiritual practices without actually knowing that it's going to help me to take me to the direction I want to go to. Now, for example, if you see a development in your personality, if you see yourself becoming more unselfish, becoming a better human being through these practices, then you can say yes. But if it's not, you're stagnant and you're no different, then are these practices working? I'm not here to judge. I'm just asking you to question your own rituals or whatever you do. But it doesn't have to be like that. This is the point. In our scriptures, it, is, it does tell you specifically what to do, how to do it when to do it, and what the results will be, so you can actually check if you're evolving. See, once again here, Kirk said, fear. Fear comes from lack of knowledge, the unknown. But you don't know the person prescribing these things to you. Does he have the knowledge? Where has he, where has he been told to do it? So, the point is we need to understand and get our own knowledge and understanding so that we don't have to listen to anybody else. We can do it ourselves. And it's prescribed there. And then you can be in control of your own spiritual activities. You can waste your whole life doing, thinking you're spiritual, religious, doing these practices and no result comes out of it. You don't know. You're no different from the person that was 10 years ago, spiritually. Questions? Yeah. So this is area intellect has to come into it to reason, question, without fear. See, this is a problem. Fear comes into it. What if I don't do it? Also, the the fact that you've been doing it for so long, it, you make you have to come to the conclusion. Okay, actually, I've been doing it wrong. Most people can't accept that they spent twenty years doing something which wasn't. Maybe correct. 
So all these fears come up, and that's where you, and that's all mind to do with the mind. So that's where the intellect has to come in to say, okay, you know, I need to do this, including what I'm doing, but I need to also do this. So, quick recap from now we've got the podcast. We don't need to do so much uh, recap because people can go over it themselves. But last week we explored why we don't have an intellect. For those of you who weren't here, we explored why we didn't have why we don't have an intellect because we said education itself doesn't allow us to develop our intellect at the moment. The current education system it wasn't like that hundreds of years ago. But now we said that it doesn't help you to develop intellect. Uh, one other point was intellect is not intelligence. Who can explain that? Intellect is not intelligence. Isn't like intelligence what comes from like I guess like outside sources? So it's like being book smart or going through the education system, whereas intelligence, that, sorry, intellect comes from within. Within. Absolutely right. Intellect is the component within us that reasons, judges. Intelligence comes from external. Books, teachers, Wikipedia. So no matter how much intelligence you have, you still need an intellect to conduct your life. How do you develop intellect, we said? Question. Question everything. I'm doing 100 miles every day. Where is it taking me? You're questioning. The action. How is it helping me? That's questioning. Don't take anything for granted. If, it, if someone says something to you, you must digest it. Put it through your own intellect. If it makes sense, then you follow it. If it doesn't, then you don't follow it. You're using your intellect. Don't blindly follow. Doesn't matter who says it. How many people follow it? Pass it for your own logic and reason. Study higher knowledge. Truths of life, which is what we're doing. And the other way was to develop intellect. What do you do in the night? Reflect. Reflect. Go through all your actions during the day. All your actions during the day without analyzing. Just go through the motions. I did this, I did this, I did this. That helps you to use your current intellect. Your current intellect will be available to you. So we said, why don't we have an intellect? Why doesn't the education supply uh, allow us to develop our intellect? Because <coughs> we said the word educate, Latin word, means to draw out. But what are we doing in education today? Pushing in. We're pushing in knowledge. Knowledge of whatever subject. So you become a person with lots of knowledge, but no wisdom. <coughs> This is our current education. So we're not we're only analyzing. We're not saying it's right or wrong. They push the knowledge in. Derive from external sources. The proper way to educate a student is to allow them to reflect and think on the knowledge using their intellect. We also discussed the difference between liberal and servile. 
education. What is the difference, someone? Difference between liberal and servile? Servile education. You know it, but you're not sure which way, which one is which. That's what the problem is, isn't it? You all know the difference. Is it what you have to learn, what you choose to learn? Absolutely. In a nutshell, servile education is you learn for monetary gain, better lifestyle. So you education for the sake of utility. I want to be an accountant because accountants get this much money. So you're using that knowledge to trade for money. Liberal education is what we said, develops the intellect. You study for the sake of studying, regardless of what, if you can get a job afterwards or not. You know, but you're studying it for the purpose because you're interested in that. It is up your vasanas take you to that. Then that develops your intellect. It's the right way of um, studying. It should be for the sake of the knowledge itself, not because with that knowledge you can trade for money. So therefore we have many people coming out of university with intelligence, but very few with intellect. This is the reason why we said we don't have an intellect. Knowledge versus wisdom, it's covering the same thing. Knowledge versus wisdom, what's the difference? Knowledge comes from books. books, external sources. Wisdom is something we have to develop inside. Unless you convert the knowledge to wisdom, you cannot live your life by that knowledge. You understand this food is bad for me, but you'd still consume it. You have the knowledge, but not the wisdom. When you have the wisdom, you'll say no. Yeah, simple terms. We all know right and wrong, but we don't make the right choices. We don't have the wisdom, only the knowledge. The knowledge, when you reflect on it, metamorphoses into wisdom through reflection. Swadharma and Paradharma. We're just going over the points last week. The reasons why we don't have a developed intellect. What's the difference? Swadharma and Paradharma. Dharma means something you like to do, or you have it inside. Inside, perfect. Rajesh Paradharma then? Opposite. Going against nature. Going against, absolutely. Going against nature. So, if you take up something to all your Sadharma, means you have a general interest in that area. So, if you take up a job in that area, or studies in that area, you'll be not only good at it, it'll be easier for you and you'll be happy and content. But if you take up something alien to your nature, just for the sake of doing it because it's in the family business or whatever, then the chances are, even though you may be successful, you won't be happy. It'll be a struggle for you to do that job. So, so Dharma and Paradharma comes from your own vastness, your nature. Two people in the same family, brothers, sisters, twins, they both may have different Svadharmas. So wherever you have a distinct interest, that is a Svadharma. 
We gave the example of that doctor, remember? He wanted to be a mechanic, his dad forced him to be a doctor. He spent more time repairing the ambulances than actually doing medicine. <laughs> so you choose the wrong area, then it's difficult for you. Okay, every human is made up of, of the three temperaments, personalities, nature. We call gunas. Tamas, rajas, sattva. All in different proportions. What's the difference? What's, who's a tamasic person? Well, I think you know this one. Who's a tamasic person? Yeah. Don't say my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Myself. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Who's it? What's a menial Thomas? Anything. Chasing the tail. Chasing the tail. Very active. Thomas is not active. Laziness. Laziness. Can't do anything. Don't be bothered. Lethargic, lazy, devoid of intellectual, emotional tendencies. Lives a dull, inactive life. Very little response to the world. What time does Thomasic nature manifest? Six to four. Six p.m. Uh -huh. Six to four. Six p.m. Perfect. Perfect. Rajas, what did we say, Rajas? Woman. Yeah. Huh? Very active and like to do all the times. Agitated, thoughts, passionate, always worrying, rushing, desire-ridden activities, attached and involved in the affairs of the world. This nature surfaces in everyone between? 6 a.m. 6 a.m. to? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Perfect. And then the? Sattva. The, the, the guna that we're all striving to get to. Sattva. We should all know that one. Sattva. Positive. Positive. Person that is balanced, serene. poised, serene, objective. Mental state of calmness, detached from the attachment and involvement in the world. This nature surfaces, Liba? Four to six. Yeah. None of us know it. <laughs> None of us are familiar with that quality. <laughs> so we need to uh, find out what this quality is. We all know what to do. So these temperaments manifest and affect human behavior in everyone. Manifest in everyone. And the day itself is spread out, as we said at the time, where these gunas manifest in a person. Hence, when you're tamasic, gambling, sensual activities, indulgence, all that lust, all that happens in the evening after six o'clock. Sattva manages four to six, as we said. So that guna within us, whatever amount of sattva we have in us, comes up at that time. And rajasic manifests between six and six. I must do this, I must do that. I've got so much to do, six to six. So the sattvic temperament is the highest, conducive for learning, studying, 
that's why it's important to study these this subject at that time or any subject and it helps you to develop your intellect and as we said we have, if we try it you can get so much more done at that time what it would take you twice as long three times as long after that time you'll be surprised how much work you can get done at that time so focused clear but you have to try it so that was last week why we don't have an intellect it's no one's fault this is the society this is how the situation is so the next chapter talks about not developing the intellect the consequences of disregarding the intellect the result of neglecting one's intellect and the effect it can have on our lives what kind of effect can it have what kind of effect not developing the intellect the problem is we all think we're all perfect but the reason we all think is perfect we're perfect because we don't know what perfection is we don't know what perfection is we're all okay a little bit of agitation here there you know, so we all think we're all right this is the problem but the question is have you reached your potential as a human being we got this life we are not we're not animal we're not born as animal we're born as a human being are we being a human being to our potential this is the question we may live in a nice house nice car lots of food holidays everything which is fine i'm not saying it's wrong but are we living up to our potential are we wasting our time this is the question. Cynthia. Cynthia. This is the question. We all made up the same stuff. All of us. There's no difference between any of us. Yes, social status maybe, but ultimately we're all the same people. See? There's no difference. So we can we all can reach our none of us in the class, including myself, can say we've we've reached our potential as a human being. Absolutely. But you haven't got there. That's when you can say, I've lived up to being a human being. This is, you're absolutely right. That's the right attitude. We're striving. And if we are striving, then yes. Then the question is, how hard are you striving? Why should it be difficult? It's not difficult. So if, it, if I'm finding it easy... I'm not doing it right. I'm not saying that. You yeah, have to I'm be judged. No, you have to be the judge of that. The question I'm asking is, I'll, you, you know, we become complacent. This is the problem. We become complacent. All of us. Everyone has to put their own effort in. So, consequence of disregarding intellect. Become a victim of your mind. This is the question here. If you don't develop intellect, you become the victim of your mind. Mind's desires, demands. This is the point we're trying to make here. 
we've all said what the mind is like. So we humans have lost the ability to think and reason for ourselves. We have become a victim to the attractions, temptations and challenges of the world. We're unable to deal with these challenges. So you can say, am I becoming a better human being? Am I able to control myself more? By seeing what these challenges, these temptations, these attractions, how are they, are they winning? Are you able to control it? This is a marker say, I'm developing. Am I able to control myself? <coughs> These temptations. Am I able to deal with my challenges? Or do I just become, I can't deal with little problems, pressures of life, angry, hate, selfishness. These are all negative signs. Agitations. These are all markers. Am I developing as a human being? Even if we just take less agitations, am I becoming less agitated with life? This guy at work irritates me all the time. Okay, this problem is with me, not with him or her. Am I able to control that? Now you're actually working on yourself for understanding, developing yourself. So we have to have these markers to develop ourselves. Then we know, otherwise we become complacent. We don't know if we're doing things right. This is the point I'm trying to make. And for that, we need to develop our intellect to, to control the mind. Simple challenges we're not able to deal with. We strive and struggle in life, and this causes us stress and suffering. So, scriptures are written by sages, ancient sages. They highlight the value of the human intellect in one's life and the, what the overwhelming effects are if not developed. So it's all here saying you need to do this because this is what happens. So if we don't do it, develop our intellect, we don't not able to control our mind, there's these, these are the things we're gonna discuss what happens to us. So maybe that'll give you some idea of the potential of not the mind, what the mind can do. And there are certain things which are, we're, we're going to talk in extreme, but that doesn't mean that's going to happen to you. Yeah. So with an undeveloped intellect, you will lose control over your life. It plays an active role in guiding one's activities in life. As the level of intellect reduces, the mind takes over one's character, your personality result in damage to the person and society. So neglect of the intellect can cause the following repercussions. Does everyone understand what we're saying here? If you don't, we, sh we showed why we don't have a developed intellect because of our education system. There's no program. Now, if we don't put the effort in and do it, this is what can happen. Not necessarily will happen to us. Mind loses its, ins loses its, its sanity. If the mind is not supervised, guided by the intellect, it develops mood swings, tantrums. This can further lead to near insanity. An action, we all act, yeah? Our body acts. 
An action can be either impulsive or discriminative. When an action, what is an impulsive action? Impulsive action. What, what do you reckon is a? Do something without thinking. Without thinking. So, what propelled the action? Mind. The mind. No intellectual. So, what's a discriminative act, action? When the intellect analyzes something and then makes a Perfect. decision. Perfect. <clears throat> if the impulse of the mind are checked by intellect through reasoning, then that action is regarded as discriminative. The level of discriminative action and impulsive action depends determines the level of one's sanity. We just put the Everyone see that? <coughs> Whoever's got a book, it's in there. I'll, I'll point it out anyway. Um, so, for the, I'll just spell out what this diagram. On the left, it's got A, sane. B is emotional, eccentric, hysterical. Insane. E is insane. Dashna, do you want to explain the diagram? Can you see from there? Mm -hmm. What's A? Sane. Who's a sane person? So that would be someone who is quite highly, has a high um, intellect. Highly developed intellect. Highly developed intellect. They think about everything. Um, analyze it and then they'll make a decision 100% discriminative 0% impulsive yeah so they're, they're, their actions are thought out perfect um, and like well planned etc um, so then you've got emotional which is 75% discriminative and 25% impulsive so you tend to make I guess the impulsive side of it is the emotional bit so when you when you're upset about something, etc., you tend to act on those sorts of feelings. Um, act, but most of the time, majority of the time, you are discriminative. Right? Yeah, uh, discriminative. So um, eccentric is fifty-fifty split. So I guess that will be just. I guess if someone has like an eccentric personality, there things may not be thought out. They might act. They might just like do things. Yeah. They're in control of their life half the time, basically. Mm -hmm. Half the time, they don't know what they're doing. See, what it, it tends to be is that where you have strong likes and dislikes, you become more impulsive. Where you have weak likes and dislikes, you're more able to be discriminative because that desire isn't as strong. So you can say, you know what, uh, you know, dosa, you don't like dosa, yeah? Masala dosa, you don't like. You know, I'm not going to have today masala dosa. But it's something else that you do like, you don't have that control over it. So you're able to be discriminative in an area where your likes and dislikes are weaker. Yeah. Hysterical. 25% discriminative, 75% impulsive.
And then a mad person is someone who is 100% mind-led. There's no intellect. Does everyone understand that? So where are we? You have to decide where you are. <laughs> I can't say you're there. Yeah, everyone has to make their decision where they are. I, mean, I, I don't think anyone's eccentric and beyond in this classroom. You'll find most people are between emotional and eccentric. So we're on the right side. Everyone in this classroom is on the right side. I just... We're all on the right side. It again depends on what situation you want to be doing. We all have different situations where we do become hysterical. Really? <laughs> <laughs> in a scenario that's really, in my mind, emotional, I'm hysterical. We're talking generally here. You're not, you're less hysterical, you're not hysterical every day, are you? Yeah, so I think in certain areas we can all become hysterical, you know. So, but we're talking generally. So most humans range from emotional to eccentric. So this is the fall we're talking about, fall of the human intellect. So we've fallen, we should be all at A, 100% discriminative. Every action we do, is this right? Correct? Yeah, let's do it. This is where we should be. But we're all between B and C. So this is the area, amount of development we need to do. It's not that bad, is it? Yes, hundred percent discriminatory. We don't worry about knowing it. Just work towards getting there. When you get there, you'll know. So. This is the four we're talking about. You know, in this classroom we can say we're between B and C. So we need to work on ourselves to, so that we can be more, in, more discriminative. You know, for example, in the beginning today we talked about our rituals and what we believe and all that. This is an area where we're not discriminative. We're impulsive. We have not thought about it. It's an area we can think about. So there's certain areas we have I thought about this action. Whatever area in your life you know you're impulsive, think. Is this right? Whichever area that may be. Health. Whatever. Shopping. Shopping. So I mean I don't know. <laughs> personal remark, but <laughs> So we're trying to work out for us what we need to do, where we need to do it. But ultimately, effort has to come from you. So, th any questions on that? That depends. It's not that bad, is it? Right. Look, it could be at E. <laughs> Where does vastness come into? into that because we're thinking of vastness there are inherent nature which are deep rooted and far more difficult sometimes we don't even know we had a vastness for something and it pops up so where if does the person who's on A have no vastness left or no he has vastness if he didn't have vastness he wouldn't be alive 
here's Vasanas, but when the Vasanas manifest, he's more in control of his desires. He's able to understand my Vasanas are such, they can manifest at any time. I pass a showroom selling cars, my Vasanas could manifest, you know what, I better cross, my road, cross the road and go on the other side. He's aware of his, the fact that this can happen. Wouldn't it be really, really difficult though to get to that point because human nature, you're going to have emotions or you're going to feel passionate about certain things and have, be opinionated on certain things, etc. So isn't it really, really difficult to get to a stage where you don't let any of the outside sources affect you at all and, you're, and you use your internet to that level? So you said emotions. We're talking about, the way we have emotions. We're human beings, we have emotions. It's natural, but the difference is not becoming emotional. It's controlling your emotions. This is where the intellect comes in. Yeah. Because when you're not controlling your emotions, then it can, go to any, it can lead to anything. People can commit suicide, but if they didn't con control their emotions, something bad happens to them. I'm just talking extreme. But it's been able to control that emotion. Someone, my friend, lost their father. I must give them emotional support. That's natural. But it's when you're not in control of emotions. This is what we're talking about. Would it be that if you're going towards play, um, that the vasanas won't pop up? No, vasanas will still pop up. Because you're born with X amount of vasanas. See, actually, even if you reach the stage of self-realization, you still have vasanas that you were born with, which has to be exhausted. Yeah. You're born, well, it's a different class in the future, but you're actually born with, let's say, 10 million vasanas. Yeah. The fact that you've reached self-realization doesn't mean they're eliminated, they're still there. So you still have to go through the notions. But you may not act upon them. In a sense, the vasana may manifest, but you have understanding that this vasana has manifested. But I'm not going to act on it. Okay, so if you don't act on it, does that eliminate it? Yes. Hmm. You, you have a desire for, I don't know, McDonald's. You're passing by, driving, vasana's popped pop, up. I want a McFlurry. Yeah, but does that mean that if I haven't had it that time, is it still going to come back and I'm going to Not necessarily. To so you can either exhort, you have a choice. You can, you can, you're passing a McDonald's, you, see, you have a desire for McFlurry. You can either go in and exhaust it, or through knowledge you can understand, actually I'm having ice cream tonight. Okay, I don't need a McFlurry right now. That's intellect kicking in saying, don't need it right now. That vasana is now gone. <coughs> You may come back the next week when you pass the McDonald's again, but that vasana is gone that time. Okay. No, that's what I was trying to say, that to exhaust what, this vasana, is it just through understanding that you would be able to exhaust it, or do you have to actually go through? If you have a really strong vasana, you have to exhaust it through action. If it, where your likes and dislikes are so strong, you have no control. But even there, the intellect can play a role and say, no, this vasana is really strong. This desire is so strong. I can't control it. Yeah, I mean, and if it's something like what we just talked about, okay, you know what, I'm just going to give in and do it. That's fine. I'll put an extra hour in the gym tomorrow. The intellect's kicked in and said, this is the situation. 
you're still in control of the action. But if it's a, an area where the likes and dislikes are not so strong, you're able to control it more, easier. Understand? Okay. Um, from that diagram, 100% um, discriminative means or equates to 100% objectivity. 100% objectivity, yes. absolutely. So when you get to 100% objectivity, to answer Bhatti's question, when you have a vasana which actually comes up, what you'll be able to do is actually deal with that vasana, either to suppress it or to eliminate it. Exhaust it through action, <coughs> yeah, or from understanding. Don't need this right now. That's where the intellect has to kick in. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. That if um, if you understand it enough, it will go away without yeah. having to. Objectivity, what Kirk said, is the intellect controlling the mind. That's been objective. The vasana pops up in the mind. I wonder what Larry. So if your intellect's strong enough, you can control it. If it's not, you have to give in. So, no intellect. Mind can become destructive. <clears throat> so to understand how the mind operates, we compare it to, for example, the wind. It's a good example. The mind is very similar in character to nature, the wind. Restless. The mind is agitated and tries to fulfill its uncontrolled desires. In a world without direction, Sorry, the mind is agitated, tries to fulfill its control, uncontrolled desires in the world without direction. Just like the wind blows in all direction. So your desires go helter-skelter all over the place. Turbulent. <coughs> Turbulent winds can do a lot of damage. Uproot trees, damage to buildings. Similarly, the mind, when its heightened passions are uncontrolled by the intellect, it can cause crime, murder, terrorism, rape. And the mind is like turbulent wind. Strong. The mind and wind have no form. Wind has no form. Mind has no form. But they're extremely powerful. Typhoons and tornadoes can devastate, devastate structures in villages and cities. So can a person's mind can influence many people and change the future of a nation. Example. Hitler. Hitler. Idi Amin. One person's mind can do that. Whole nation, whole country can change. One person's mind. Obstinate, determined, stubborn. Just like the wind that can find its own direction regardless of any obstacles. The mind tries to fulfill its desires regardless of any obstruction. Meaning the mind will find a way to fulfill its desire. If the desire is very strong, no matter what the consequences, families can be wrecked, destroyed just because of one person's actions. One strong desire. We don't realize, but it's crazy how powerful the mind is. Any questions? These are extremes we're talking about. 
But if we understand the extremes, then we can put into perspective what a mind can do. So without the guidance of the intellect, this is what can happen. Choice of action goes wrong. Without the guidance of the intellect, the choices made by the mind can be devastating. The mind chooses based on likes and dislikes, feelings, emotions. It's a natural law that governs all humans. It states that what you like ends up being detrimental in the long run and what you dislike ends up being beneficial to you. Unfortunately, we don't heed this law and suffer. One wrong decision and you can suffer for the rest of your life. One wrong decision. Examples. Any examples? One wrong decision can destroy your life. If you kill somebody. You're in prison for the rest of your life. One wrong decision. It could happen. You, you may not be a murderer. But it can happen. You, I mean, it's so simple. The phone rings and you look to see who it is. You're driving a car. Mm -hmm. One wrong decision, isn't it? Everyone's capable of that happening to anyone. I'd be surprised how easy it can happen. Any other examples? One wrong decision and you can suffer for the rest of your life. Drugs. Drugs. Friend says, try this. You're hooked. And destroy the rest of your life. Gambling. Luckily I found the right path. <laughs> <laughs> From Vegas to the dance house. <laughs> Gambling. Lack of education, not studying. Wrong partner. We can choose the wrong partner. Through our likes and dislikes. I like him. I think I'll marry him. Easily done. It's so subtle, isn't it? Because you can think that you're being religious, but actually, is that religion right in what it's teaching? Because, again, even in the name of religion, so many awful things are happening. And is that necessarily a decision somebody's making? Somebody's thinking they're being religious and being good? But they're being so brainwashed, and these—it starts from such a young age. So they don't even have the capacity to decide whether it's right or wrong up until it's too late. Mm. Well, that's, that's the extreme. Uh, we, you know, someone has you said when you started off, we follow rituals because we've been brainwashed from an early age without questioning. We're now questioning it. But yeah, that's that's one extreme. But we all been doing what well, to a certain degree. Following the rituals, just what's been said. This is exactly what we're saying here. That because we don't, we have this capacity. We're not using it. And this is the point we're making here. When we don't use it, this is what can happen. You know, you've said religion. You know, look where religions are going. 
Christians killed, converted in the 13th century. Then the Muslims came and started killing and converting afterwards. This is religion. These are all man-made religions. This might be a little bit off topic, but while we're talking about like right and wrong, so where does something like instinct come into it? Because that should tell you that ideally whether something's like right and wrong, and you're supposed to well, they're supposed to say like follow your instinct because you're supposed to sort of like know, etc. Like, how does that fit into this though? Like, how do you can can you develop something like that? See, we all, we all have this natural instinct. We, we, there's no label to it, yeah? It's this gut feeling. Where you can't make a decision, your mind, your intellect, it's not available to you, or you can't decide, even with the use of your intellect, then you go with your gut instinct. Good point. You go with your gut instinct. But be careful it's not mind-led, that gut instinct. Yeah, but sometimes you go against something and it turns out wrong, I guess. And yeah. like, oh, I, I kind of knew I should have followed my gut from the beginning, etc. So. See, as long as you can, as long as you can distinct, distinguish that, and it's because the mind can uh, also um, take the intellect hostage. There's a different class, <laughs> and reason in circles, just so you can fulfil that desire. We all know what we're talking about, but it's a different class. But yeah, the mind can take the intellect hostage and fulfill a desire, so just to fulfill a desire. So by working on your intellect and developing your intellect, are you then sort of in turn developing your instincts as well? Because no. The instinct is something that, that gut feeling that you have, you can't really develop that, it's just there. It's different for different people. But as long as you've tried analyzing before you're going to act and if you can't make that decision then you go by what your instinct says but being careful that it's not mind-led that's the only different that's the only area you have to be careful um, yes and no I mean it depends how objective you are if you thought about it reasoned judged and still you can't make a decision then you go by whatever you think is right but if you haven't been through that process, then yes, it's difficult. But if you've actively made that process, then you've applied your intellect, whatever intellect you have, you've applied. Then if you can't make a decision, then you use your gut. So you need a strong intellect to control your likes and dislikes. This is what we're talking about here. Mind is likes and dislikes and feelings, emotions. We need something to control it, the adult. This is a, is, it's not complicated. We just need to develop that capacity. That's all we're saying. You need your intellect to scrutinize and control your likes and dislikes in the right way. There's no need to suppress them. We're not saying suppress it. If you do this, you'll have a smooth life. Otherwise, it's a turbulent life. Ups and downs, agitations. You feel good one time, something happens, you feel bad. We shouldn't be living like that. Can't, don't let your mind take over your personality. So all other creatures don't have an intellect, therefore they are free from having to make a choice in life. They all follow a... They all have a collective fast, not all cows are certain, all sheep are certain. 
way nature, tigers, lions, they all have a certain nature. So they don't have an intellect. They just follow what nature, the path nature has led, led, led them. Yeah. But we have that. So that's why we need to work on it. Their life is set, predetermined, fixed nature. Is that all clear? Is that, we don't want to complicate things. We want to keep it simple. But if it's simple, then we can do it. If it's complicated, we can't do it. It all makes sense, but you know what, it's too hard. Can't be bothered. So, not developing intellect. We follow, who said, herd instinct. Deepa. We follow the herd instinct. We let someone else do the thinking for us. We surrender to the herd instinct. What's the herd instinct? You follow that thinking. We all do that in certain areas of our life. It's easy. It's easy, we don't have to think about it. We surrender to the herd instinct. One follows what's it, what its predecessors or society does. School, we go to school. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to school. But we don't think, why, do we, why are we going to school? University. Get a job. Why do we get a job? Nothing wrong with that. Marriage. I believe in the Conservative Party or Labour Party. Why? Because my friend believes in that. So it must be all right. Have you thought about it? What's their politics? Religion. I was born into this religion, so it must be right. Why? Why is it right? Because you were born into it. You're born in poverty. Why do you feel that you need to develop yourself to make more money? Why not stay in poverty? You're born into it. Why do you want to develop that part of your personality? I need to build more muscles. Why don't you? are born with muscles. Why not keep the muscles that you're born with? So why is in that area we can't think? Because I'm born, I must be right. Why? <laughs> I was born a Muslim. I was born a Christian. Doesn't it follow from your desires? What? That, um, you're born into a certain family because you can fulfill your desires through that family. That's why you're born now. You're absolutely right. But how do you know you have a desire for that religion? Have you thought about it? Have you thought, as we said in the beginning of the class, have you thought about what I'm practicing First of all, why am I, okay, why am I Christian? Well, my parents are Christian. Okay, fair enough. But I don't go to church. I don't do my prayers. Why not? But I'm not changing because I was born into it. What's the point? Might not be fully fledged into it, but still do certain practices and then that, do you think, is right for you? It's fine. I'm not, I'm not criticizing, but all we're saying here is we don't think we follow the herd instinct. Because millions and billions of people are following this religion, it must be right. I went to uh, my friend's discussion, group discussion in the church, 
and what it said made sense. There's so many people, Christians in the world, I should become a Christian. Have you thought about it? This is what we're saying. Herd instinct meaning you're following without thinking. I'm not criticizing anyone's practices. But we don't think we follow the herd because this person on Instagram has got this many followers and they're promoting this product. Millions of followers. This thing is being sold out. This product's been sold out. I must buy one. You might not even need it. Herd instinct. You haven't thought about it. You don't question. We mechanically follow the course of life without questioning the purpose and thinking for oneself. Doesn't matter how many people are following it, how many people are doing it, question, is it right for me? This is developing your intellect, by the way. This is, I'm telling you, what we do, and why, what we should do, and how we should do it. How many of us sit down and think, what is this life? What is its purpose? How many of us actually sit down, I don't need to know, but how many of us actually sit down and think, a cup of coffee or whatever, what is this life? What am I supposed to be doing here? That's the thing, you don't assess yourself, you don't have that self-analysis. So what happens is that you become comfort, comforted in your ignorance. So you follow what other people follow without questioning it. We're just, um, you know, what we're doing is just exposing areas that we all, including myself, okay, actions that we do and we don't do. We're all exploring, you know, we're all a group of people here, thinkers, come to explore what life is about. And we're just analyzing how our lives are, what we do. For this, we need our intellect to be able to be able to do all this analysis. This is the point we're trying to make. And the fact that we don't, this is the outcome of it. This is what we're saying. We don't think about our life. Life is precious. Let's make like in the beginning of the class I said, are we reaching our potential? These are all the areas that we should be questioning so we can reach our potential. It's hard work. You're thinking oh, it's hard work, man. <laughs> But the effort we have to put in. So no intellect, mind-led, attachment and desire. But the guidance of the intellect, one's thought flows towards objects and beings in the world. This develops into attachment for that object and being. This thought flow unchecked, strengthens and forms into desire to obtain or enjoy that object or being. And the disregard of intellect produces endless desires which cannot be fulfilled, leading to stress and strain. Unfulfilled desires cause agitations. We don't like to be agitated, do we? Unfulfilled desire. So if you have an intellect strong enough to, to control that desire, you won't be agitated. You'll be more happier. 
With no control over desires, the mind freely indulges in them, leading to addiction. Alcohol, drugs, they're the extreme level, but we have no control basically, that's what it's saying. Can lead to frustration, anger. You have a strong desire, you don't fulfill it, it leads to frustration, anger. And if you fulfill it, it can increase your desires. You look as if, you know, I'm just going to go home and go to bed. Sorry. This is all, this is all too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, it can be, you know, we're talking extremes here. See, if I only say good things, what do we learn? Nothing. You all feel good about yourself when you leave. This is the way, for knowledge, you can become, you can assess your nature. Because of lack of knowledge, we can't do it. And we accept things in life. But with knowledge, then you start questioning. Okay, so you know, this class can cause more agitations rather than reduce agitations because you start questioning yourself more. So without intellect checking the desires, it can lead to a very bad state. You can commit suicide, homicide, genocide, mind-led. Any questions, Kirk? Um, as we're on the subject, um, where we've talked about things like drugs, gambling, all these desires which are mind-led and which you're not into, I mean, for most people in this room, who haven't gone into those areas, is that a marker that to a certain degree you are using your intellect but you're not going into these areas? Um, yes and no. You could, you, you may, see, if, you're not in, if you have not come into that environment, you don't know if you have a vasana for it. Mm. You may have never come into that environment. So it doesn't mean that you have a developed intellect. That means that either you don't have that vasana, yeah. Okay, or that vasana yet hasn't manifested due to the environment. You don't know what vasanas you've got ahead of you. You even if there was a master, you wouldn't be going. No. You, but see, the thing is, um, we're learning values of life. What are good values? What are bad values? If you understand good values over bad values, and you have a little bit of an intellect, you know what's right and wrong. The problem is we don't know what's right and wrong. So if you know what's right and wrong, then you're in more in control of your personality. And for that, this is truth of life. You put like I give the example, you put your finger in a fire, you know it's going to burn. You know that's wrong to do. But you can't apply that in all other areas of the life because it's more subtle. That's a gross example. You know you run over, cross over the road without looking, you might get run over. That's a gross example. You know what's right and wrong. But in the subtle areas of our mind, we don't know what's right and wrong. This is the problem. Also, any situation can arise at any time. So, to say, for example, I don't have a vasana for drugs and alcohol, 
that you put me in company when I'm, I suppose, more vulnerable. Because we all have times when we're really strong with our intellect and not mind-led. But when we're really at a weak point, we come to a crossroads situation. It's really difficult to know that at that moment in time we're going to choose the right path. That's why we need to be careful. Don't, you know, you're going out, you know, just be aware. This is the situation, this is where I'm going. Might be alcohol involved. I don't want to drink tonight. Better be careful. Better be strong. Circumstances, vastness can manifest. This is the issue. If you remember, I'm going shopping. I don't need a new dress. I don't need a new suit. But when I pass that shop, that vasna may manifest because I have a weakness for that. You're aware of it. Back to then. That's you using intellect to understand. Or you may say, well, I'm going to pass, but you know what? I can do another one. So, yeah, if, if I see something nice, I'll, I'll, I'm going to buy one. You've, chosen, you've used your intellect, made a decision before you've gone. So you're not... Uh, that impulse isn't there. This is what we're trying to control, that impulse. The impulsive action. Okay. Again, in the same way, as we are all met here, say for example, in this lifetime, for this path to mean something to us now, all of us, is that again a situation where the vasana has now come up? and not in a previous lifetime, so that we are all looking to this path now. Is, is, is it the same thing? That Vasana is manifested where this knowledge, there's a spark within you that has been ignited by this knowledge. So you have now 10.30 in the morning, Sunday morning, which is a tough ask. You've come here to study this and learn this. So if you didn't have a Vasana for it, you wouldn't be here. You'll know. I mean, out of 100 people, one person, oh, that sounds interesting. I think I'll come and check it out. 99 people say, no, I don't think this sounds right for me. Why? Because they don't know what it is. It's not because it's not right for them. They don't know what it is. So that spark isn't there. Even that curiosity is not there. So the fact that you're here, you have a spark. Now that spark may not be there later on you know it may be a phase or you may start taking it seriously and developing and you see the results and you think you know what this is the best thing I've done let me uh, yeah. take it to the end reach my potential we don't know something else may come along which might take an interest and might give this up you know, we don't know this is the situation this is what we're saying no intellect creates ego and complexes. The surface of the ego is another outcome of disregarding the intellect. What is the ego? Is your general understanding of the ego, not um, the spiritual side? Pride. Pride? When you feel you're superior to everyone else. Superior to everyone else. 
an exaggerated opinion of oneself, it manifests as I am the doer. Without me, this would not have been possible. Only I know how to do this. That's the ego. Why does this ego manifest? How can you reduce your ego, or in other words? Do we all agree? We all have an ego, okay? All of us have an ego. In certain areas, we all have an ego. Whatever that may be. Being unselfish. Being unselfish. Being unselfish. How can you become unselfish? I mean, for knowledge, first of all, recognizing the fact that I've got an ego is a step, start. You know what, I am egoistic. In this area, I'm quite egoistic. I must try and control that ego. Just that one acknowledgement is a step to reducing ego. Most people can't even acknowledge it, talking about, I'm not egoistic. They're not aware of it. Recognizing the grandeur of nature, of how the world exists, so meticulously balanced. This ignorance gives form to a self-importance. When you don't recognize this, it makes you feel, I, I'm, I'm the doer, I'm important. When you don't recognize what the world is, how the world functions, I'm nothing. Seven billion people in the world. You're here for a short span of life. What, 70, 80 years, 90 years max. Maybe 100 you might live to. Compared to billions of years this world has been here. Insubstantial. Understanding that reduces your ego. Ego can suffer from superiority complex or inferiority complex. So we create this ego and then we suffer when our ego is hurt. How ludicrous is that? We create this ego and then we suffer when it gets hurt. And if that you bake a cake here, yeah? sorry, I like using cakes. As a <laughs> You make the perfect, you bake a cake for a party that you're attending at your friend's house. You make the perfect cake, lovely to look at, taste to go with it. What's your favorite cake? Chocolate, chocolate cake. You use the best chocolate, the best quality chocolate, and it's like, you know what, it's the best cake I've made. Someone at the party you don't know the person looks at it and says, who made this awful looking cake? I bet it tastes really bad. This person doesn't even know what ingredients goes in a cake. Your ego is hurt. Is that right? This is what happens to us, isn't it? This is what we do. We create this ego and it gets hurt. It's not ego, that. What is it? You're hurt because you put in so much love and effort into it and that person can't see beyond that. That's what it means. It's not ego. But, but the, the end result is you're hurt. Of course it's 
also be heard. Okay. If someone doesn't appreciate your work, you're going to be heard. That's what we're talking so about it's here. appreciating it and okay. understanding for what it is. Okay. And what circumstances it was made in, or how much time you had, or putting everything aside and... But the point we're making here. But the point. It doesn't matter what the variables. Nothing. I think we should understand the like or dislike the other people's. The other people's. That's one thing. Vanilla. Sponge. That's why they're doing it. It's irrelevant what the other person thinks. You should not be affected. If you're affected, then that's your ego. It's not a personal, we're just using it as an example, yeah? So the point we're trying to make is we create this ego and we get hurt. Is that fair? You've made the best cake you've ever made. Should you be hurt? Why should you be hurt? Why should you be affected by some idiot? This is the point we're trying to make. People will have, the, and it's understanding, people have their own opinion. This guy may not like chocolate cake. I think it's this thing about you giving yourself the importance of thinking, I've spent the energy and the time making this, and therefore that person or human being should appreciate what I have done. So the I comes into it. The I is, is the ego. The ego. This so if I've had help with it, then it wouldn't be I, it would be me. <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> it's irrelevant. <laughs> Again, it's this nature thing, isn't it? Um, yes. As a human being, you, you, you yes. expect that a human being should appreciate something that another human being has done. So there's this right and wrong about behaviour. But then who makes that decision? It's me, I've made that decision that this is correct behaviour and that is incorrect behaviour. But then who the hell am I to decide what is right and what is wrong in behaviour? It's my ego. The fact you're affected. Sense. Yes. Take one thing away today. Learn to accept who you are. Your capabilities. Your nature. Whoever you are, learn to accept that and then develop the areas where you're unhappy with. This is who you are. This is who you are. Take that away at least. Be content and happy where you are now. And then understand this knowledge and develop the areas that you feel needs developing. You know, I get agitated when someone does this or someone says this. They're acting normal, but why am I agitated? I shouldn't, I shouldn't be affected by other people's opinion of me. I am this person, like yourself, that you should not be agitated about somebody else's opinion. You are who you are. The only person who should scrutinize your personality is you, nobody else. And this is the areas we've looked at where you can scrutinize your personality and develop the areas that you feel you need developing. Now that's being spiritually developing yourself. See, we talk about intellect here. In, if you understand it in the principle of your material life, then you'll understand the role it plays in your spiritual life. Because to become spiritual and develop, we need to reduce our desires and vastness. 
That's where the intellect comes in. The mind is full of desires. That's where they manifest. So we need the intellect to reach that goal of self-realization, the state of zero desires. We need the help of the intellect. So this is why we're giving it importance because that's what's going to help you to to, do, to reach that goal. And what do you call like um, <coughs> because coming um, hugging cakes? Uh, Anita makes nice cakes, and we tell her, "Oh, it's very nice." And uh, and confidence base cover. What do you call that? Her confidence building, not ego. Depends it's how she like, takes it. Uh, you may say it for whatever reason. Depends how she takes it. Someone says good things, someone says bad things. You should not be affected. All what, is, what if they're saying it to improve your talent in, in what it is? That, that you want to, that obviously criticism, you have to take that as well because then that would improve the quality of it, right? So you would be affected because you start to think, okay, that was bad. See, if you accept so the fact... I need to improve on this to... See, this is what we're saying. This is how you take You can take it as a, um, uh, a criticism that you will you, you agree with, okay? Yeah. That's the intellect coming in saying, you know what, she's right. I should have used that other chocolate. It would have worked out better. Next time I'll try it with the other brand of chocolate. You're taking that criticism and create a perfecting yourself. Yeah, but if you say, well, how dare she? <laughs> That's your ego. <laughs> That's your ego. You know, because you've given that exaggerated opinion of yourself. You know, I'm perfect. How dare? I've never seen a cake from her. You know? <laughs> As Shakespeare says, we'll end on this quote. All the world's a stage. All the men and women are merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. Just play your role. That's all you can do. Thank you.